And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shea Gibbs-Alexander and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Uh, got another big time podcast for you guys. Before we get started, I want to tell you guys about a little watch party that's happening tomorrow night downtown Oklahoma City at Fassler Hall. Uh, game starts at 8.30. You can get there at 7.30. You can get there at 8 if you want to get a table. I would get there a little early, but we're going to all watch Thunder Wolves together in downtown OKC at Fassler Hall. So please be there. It's going to be a wonderful time. It's going to be very, very fun. And uh, I think this is the kind of game that you want to watch with other Thunder fans that actually care about it. So be there. Or be square. So join us at Fassler Hall tomorrow night. Uh, on today's show, boy, another great round of guests. Tyler Parker joins us again to talk about last night's game. We got John Krasinski of The Athletic discussing the Wolves. We got Sam Amick from The Athletic as well. We got Nate Roos from the band Fun. He's a huge Thunder fan and uh, just knows hoops. And so it was really great talking to him. Dane Moore from the Dane Moore podcast covers the wolves as well so lots of really good perspective on the timberwolves team and boy this is going to be a great time so thank you guys for listening and uh we will uh talk to you guys again soon we'll have the fry pod just as normal this is just a little bit of extra actually a lot of bit of extra but i hope you guys enjoy the show and we'll talk to you guys again tomorrow I've got John Krasinski from The Athletic, who covers the Wolves. John, thanks for joining me, man. Here, Andrew. This is exciting. This is a, this is a big deal for both teams. Um, first, tell me, in your mind, like what are like the big advantages and disadvantages that the Wolves would have in this game? Well, yeah, I mean, this is like the sort of litmus test for their grand experiment, right? They're yep. going two bigs, Gobert and Cat. In the front court, uh, Oklahoma City doesn't have a center taller than I am. I don't think, like yeah. you know, I mean they're they're just really really small. And so this is sort of like the most exaggerated example you could come up with to can the Timberwolves use their size to bully a smaller team, or are they going to be spread out and are they going to just have too much difficulty keeping up? with a five out, um, you know, kind of really fast, sleek 
uh, front, uh, really front court and an entire team in OKC. So um, in, in some ways, it's just like kind of fitting that their win or go home type of a game is going to play out this way mm-hmm. uh, because everyone has just been looking at that all season long as oh, this doesn't work or yes, it can work. And now here we are going into uh, the final play in game and their playoff lives are 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 going to hinge on can they stay big and use that size to their advantage or not. Mm-hmm. One of the big things that I'm curious to see kind of from the jump is what does Anthony Edwards look like physically? Mm-hmm. Cause he just didn't look right against the Lakers. Do you have any update on that? Yeah, well, so they're going to have a practice uh, later today. We're recording this Thursday morning, um, and we so we don't have any sort of official updates on how he is doing. I can tell you that, yes, I mean, he was 3-for-17 against the Lakers on Monday when we were in the locker room after the game. He had ice packs on his right hand. He had ice packs on his shoulder, on his knees. He's pretty banged up. Now, what is the exact um, severity of it? We'll hopefully find a little bit more clarity uh, today on that, but I'm not guessing there's going to be some sort of super specific update. Sure. So I think it's going to be a matter of, can he play through some of the discomfort, some of the pain that he is working through? Cause it was clearly limiting him against the Lakers. I think especially the shoulder, he fell over Rui Hachimura and really landed hard. And I think that the shoulder really made it difficult for him to be aggressive going to the rim and it Mm. certainly flattened out a shot as well and and so you know that's the reason that they lost the game is that ant was not himself and if if he's five for 17 instead of three for 17 they they win the game so Mm -hmm. um that's going to be a big point of emphasis for them is getting him into treatments and trying to get him as ready as possible because they certainly are going to need him against the thunder for sure so herb jones did a really good job on Shea last night uh, when the Thunder played the Pelicans. And when you look at this matchup, when I thought this was going to be the matchup, I was circling Jaden McDaniels mm-hmm. as the guy that would probably get a lot of time on Shea because he's obviously got great feet. He's got long arms. But he's not playing because he broke his hand. <laughs> he yeah. literally broke his hand. Um yeah. How do they defend Shea? Like, what's what do you think the the move is for the Wolves? Yeah, I think so. I mean, when you look at the Wolves' big picture, I mean, I know that there's a lot of attention paid, and rightfully so, to Rudy Gobert yep. being suspended, punching Kyle Anderson, and all of those things in the Laker game for to, to miss the Laker game. Um, but I really think that Jaden McDaniel's absence, both there and then certainly tomorrow against the Thunder, is is going to be more impactful. I mean, they yeah. just they need his perimeter defense. He's not just their best perimeter defender; he's one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. Um, and so, to not have him to uh, at least get some time on Shea is really damaging. So, my guess is. Uh, that they will put Edwards a lot on Shea a lot. And mm-hmm. um, so far from what we have seen, even in the Laker game um, and and even in the New Orleans game where, where Edwards did not play very well offensively, uh, his defense is still on point. Yep. So um, he's been doing a he, he he's been holding up. He likes to take on that challenge. It's a lot for for someone like that to take on for 
you know, whatever it's going to be 20 minutes. If he sees Shea, Shea in that, in the game or what, or, or whatnot, um, that's a lot of responsibility on his shoulders, but he is the one player who's kind of equipped with his quickness, certainly with his strength to be, I think, able to stand up to Shea's drives a little bit more. Um, I think he's going to see a lot of time there. And then what else do they do? Uh, that's going to be the interesting thing because um, they don't have, you know, you, I, I guess I'll say this. Mike Conley has played some good defense since he's been here. Mm -hmm. uh, he is mobile. He can kind of navigate through screens really well. So maybe he sees a little bit of time on Shea, obviously gives up a lot in the size department and quickness department, but they have a couple guys that they will throw, but I would guess that Anthony Edwards is going to see a lot of Shea Gilgis Alexander and trying to just keep him from just completely dominating the game. What is your feel on the Gobert situation? You know, he's coming back mm -hmm. presumably on Friday night. And like, how is the team like ready to welcome him back? Do you know kind of what the mood is? Or are you kind of waiting to see what people say today at practice? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I talked to people in Los Angeles about it mm -hmm. and the impression that I get is that they are sort of they're they're not making nearly as big a deal out of, of this as as media and fans who watched it play out. Sure. Um, they you know they saw it as yes it was a a confrontation, um, but I think that they are sort of equipped to just say yeah we we that this happened we dealt with it and we're moving forward from what I understand when they were sort of semi consulted about the decision-making process about whether to suspend him or not for the Laker game, most players were totally in favor of him playing uh, mm -hmm. in that game. And so uh, I don't get that. The, I don't think that there's going to be any real like lingering resentments or, or hard feelings that way. I think that especially, you know, Kyle Anderson is one of the grown men in their room. And so that sure. they, he can just move forward with it. So from that aspect of things, I don't really expect uh, a, a whole lot of strain. I mean, I think Rudy feels as bad as anyone about how that all went down. And so if anything, he's going to come back in and try and be, you know, on, on his best behavior, like, or, or really sort of um, apologetic and, and, and motivated to um, atone for that mistake. And so, I think that'll all be fine. It's just a matter of that. What does it look like on the court? Like yeah. that's what it's been. Like it's been a, a, a chemistry issue all season long in terms of just the basketball on the court with Rudy Gobert. Sometimes it's looked really good. A lot of times it hasn't looked good. And so they're going to need, I, I think they, they know they need him, especially against Shea's drives and just to be some sort of deterrent at the rim or else it's going to be a layup line. And, and then they're going to be in real trouble. You think that like Torian Prince goes back to the bench for them, and then like maybe like Jalen Noel doesn't play, or kind of what are you what are you expecting rotation wise? Well, yeah, I th I think that the, yes, that Prince will go back to the bench because they do like him coming off the bench with some offense in in addition to some of the defensive versatility that he brings to the table. Um, does that mean that I could see a scenario where? Um, where he comes back, where he goes to the bench and they kind of keep Noel in the lineup and, and go to like nine guys, because yeah. I do think that they, 
really ran out of gas in the fourth quarter of the Laker game. And Finch said after the after the game that maybe he needs to keep the rotation a little bit longer to let a few of the other guys rest a little bit more and, and have a little bit more gas in the tank when they get to uh, crunch time. Um, but if there also there's also another candidate to be removed from the rotation, and that's Jordan McLaughlin. Um, yeah. He really struggled against the Lakers. Now that's a bad matchup for him. Mm-hmm. Maybe the 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 Thunder is a little bit better of a matchup, and maybe he can be a little bit more effective. But um, he really struggled to make shots. Um, didn't do anything to move the ball, and so um, I could see a scenario where McLaughlin doesn't play, and they use some sort of hybrid point guard uh situation where it's Conley maybe Edwards does it sometimes Kyle Anderson does it sometimes and they and they go with it that way rather than uh inserting their their prototypical backup point guard to 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 get minutes uh for this one okay John it's time for predictions <laughs> who do you who do you think wins this wins this game on Friday I mean I, I honestly do not know when yeah. you look at I, I have not been able to figure this Wolves team out all season long. When mm-hmm. when I think they're gonna win, they lose. When I think they're gonna lose, they win. Um that you know, the thing that I think will give them a lot of trouble in this game is that Oklahoma City, one thing that really stands out to me about the Thunder is they just know who they are. Mm-hmm. They have a real identity. Mark Dagno has done a great job of instilling that. Everyone knows their roles and their responsibilities, and they all execute it just to a T. That's why they've been able to exceed expectations. That's why they're in this position. The Timberwolves have been going through an identity crisis all season long. Mm-hmm. They go through stretches of games where they don't know how to operate, to get buckets, to get stops, whatever it is. And, and so that sort of crisis of confidence could really play into this. So I absolutely see a real scenario where Oklahoma City comes in, jumps on them early, gets the Wolves down, and 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 wins the game. I mean, I, I still think, though, with Edwards, with Towns, with Gobert on the home floor, um, Towns is playing great lately. So um, I do think that they squeak one out here. I think they find a way to get in and face Denver um, and and move forward. But I do not anticipate this to be easy, and it would not shock me in the least if the Thunder come in and win this game because they're just – they have a resolve and a, and a substance about them that, that will make sure that they're not uh, intimidated by this moment at all. Go read John Krasinski at The Athletic. John, thanks so much for coming on, man. Thanks, Andrew. All right, I got my guy Nate Roos on, who's a big Thunder fan. If you're not listening to his music, you should go listen to Nate Roos' music. He's from the band Fun. Um, Amazing stuff. But Nate, uh, first of all, thanks for taking the time today. And uh, second, like, how are you feeling after a big win last night? I feel great. I woke up in the like this morning, and I like didn't remember why I was happy until I like I clicked on like hoops hype. But usually, like every morning, I, I look at like hoops hype or something, and then I I was like, wait a second, I know why I'm happy. <laughs> the Thunder won. <laughs> what a game! Uh, what was the what was the thing that surprised you the most last night from that win? Uh of the the Thunder, I. I just thought 
like Coach Dagnall, just I think I just loved the way he did the rotations and kind of just like he played every like he played the guys for uh, forever. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and I think he knew. Like I don't know. It's just obviously all year there's all this emphasis on development and doing all that type of stuff. But when it came time to win, um, he just kept with what is consistently the best team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was good to see. I think we had always all kind of questioned a little bit. Like, what does it look like when it's time to win? And we got to see that last night. I'm still, I had to go back and watch a bunch of Josh Getty clips from from last night this morning. Just, I'm I'm so impressed by that guy. I thought he was so good. Everybody, everybody was so happy. I, I like expected, but it's interesting because, yeah, you, you know, if you noticed like in the fourth quarters, and I don't know if this is just me because I don't I try not to spend that much time online with Thunder people other than like you because there's a lot it's grounded a lot more in reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he, I always feel like he like get, he gets a little turnover happy uh, in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And he did. He I kept waiting for him to kind of do that. And he did it like once or twice. But he. I don't know. He just goes, I feel like he has a mindset that, um, that everybody, all the fans aren't really fully aware of yet when it comes to like closing a basketball game and winning. Yeah. Yeah. And, no, I think that's right. And last night it's like, he, he treated that it, the, the whole game that way, you know, you didn't really see too many like flashy passes, you know, didn't really see the turnovers. Um, you kind of just saw a guy who was going to will the team to win at least from, his perspective like he wasn't going to be the one responsible for for things going down um the wrong way yeah yeah it's it's crazy to think that that's his only his second game of his career with 30 points well that's what that's wild about that yeah yeah that's wild but also i still don't like it's not like giddy as a scorer is my favorite thing you know i isn't like it doesn't everybody kind of just love giddy as the all-around guy and Mm -hmm. all we really want from him is to to hit his three-point shots which he did last night yeah yeah i without a doubt you kind of want him to be the the conductor you know yeah of the team yeah yeah i mean they did such a good job especially because like sga was having a tough time well he wasn't necessarily having a tough time other than like the scheme was really great yeah um so it was like okay how are the other guys gonna do and uh and you know j-dub didn't really have a great game by any stretch of the imagination right um and so lou dort man gosh so i don't get mad when he shoots threes by the way okay when he drives more recklessly to the cup that's when i'm a little more worried yeah, yeah, because if he's if he's going too fast, you know that the ball is just finding a way to not go in in some it's, wild yeah, way. Well, yeah, totally, because he's going so fast. Yeah, yeah, uh, and he's usually getting a, like he's taking on a lot of contact, and it just doesn't seem. And I don't, he, I don't think he's the best passer too, like heading to the hoop yeah. either. So, yeah. so, so, um, yeah, but he, I don't worry about him shooting threes, and uh, and I'm glad that he was hucking it last night as far as that was concerned because i think they needed that early and and then you just know that the team is going to settle in and it's it um all right i, I have a, I have a, a thing but mm-hmm. like just having been a fan for three years i understand that there's a, a hierarchy so i got for every all the oklahoma city people and stuff like that like i i let them be the real fans 
And then I, I always give a disclaimer that I haven't been, like I've been, it's been three years, but like, you know, last year I was already, I bought like the whiteout jerseys and all that type of stuff for my kids, everything. So I'm a fan, you know, and I was even asking you, I'm like, are you going to go to New Orleans? Um, and if the Thunder have a home, if, if they get to the playoffs, then I'll be in Oklahoma city, uh, next week. But, Uh, yes. Um, but it's crazy listening to national broadcasters talk about the team. Yeah. It's one of those things that makes me so mad because I've always been that guy. I think even as a musician, um, you know, obviously when once I had like commercial fame, I hated it. And so now watching the Thunder have like commercial fame, I'm like, oh, what irks you the don't most? Talk about my team like what, that. What irks you the most? Um, I think I actually think that they well that. <laughs> who's tired of hearing about two Jalen Williams? Oh on my the same gosh, team? I, like, I knew on. it was like. It's it's on the bingo card like a thousand times. You know it's you're gonna hit it. Just they and they hit it like five or six times during the broadcast. And you're like, I think every Thunder fan sitting there kind of rolling their eyes. Like, okay, yes, we know we've been through this. Yeah, like we got through this in summer league. We're yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I like there's that, but then I guess like da- pe- them realizing that Dagnalt is is legit. Yeah, is funny because um. He's clear. He's clearly been legit. I think since he took over the team, mm-hmm. he's been legit. Yep. Um, they've. I feel like they've always overachieved. I really, too, truly feel like since he's taken the team, they've they've overachieved the whole entire time. Yeah. No, I think that's right. I mean, they 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 outperform expectations every year, and some of it was injuries. Some of it was like a, a like a willful tank to get a good lottery pick, and like Mark. I think it's Mark and Shea are like the two things that have they've kind of had to hold back to a degree, you know, yeah. toward the yeah. end of the season. Like they were like, okay, we're just going to take away like every single tool possible from this guy because somehow he's making Lindy Waters really good. We need to figure we've got to pull him too. Like he can't even play for. Mark. I know it's really funny. Like it's just true. He's just too good. He's yeah. he's 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 such a good coach, but obviously, um, you see. The mental makeup of the roster is yeah. is just ridiculous. It's mm-hmm. truly ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, it's true. Uh, it's a, a wild group of guys, and so that's one of the things that kind of makes me a little. I'm like, this is, I get to watch these guys like yeah. and not be play unselfish basketball, and that's what I love about basketball. And I don't, I, I just don't, I want, I don't want anybody else to have that for themselves. Yeah. You know, outside of outside of people in Oklahoma City. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, so we have this matchup Friday night. Uh, first of all, how are you feeling about playing against the Timberwolves? Uh, let's just say I don't feel good. Yeah. Against the Timber Pups. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't really feel good against the Timberwolves. They're, uh, such a good team. Yeah. What specifically, when you think about them, makes you think, okay, the Thunder are going to have a lot of trouble with this team? Uh, I think, I guess everybody's going to say, is Gobert playing or not? Yes. Uh, I guess play. it's going to be the size. Yeah. Um, and then Anthony Edwards, I think, is, you know, he's a hawk defensively. That's mm-hmm. kind of the thing is the Thunder. But then they, they were worrying about this this uh, Pelican series as far as keeping the ball, like, turnovers low. Yeah. And they did an amazing job. So I'm sure that they're just going to kind of try and think about the same type of thing. Um, other than that, they don't really scare me. Mm-hmm. I, I just think – you. Uh, you know, they had that collapse in the Lakers game. Yeah. Um, so gross, by the way. Awful. Awful. (laughs) Such a bad game. Awful. Awful. I can't believe I sat there and watched that. 
I don't usually watch like games that aren't Thunder games, mm-hmm. especially with like a fantasy season done. Yeah. Um, but I really wanted to to see what what Minnesota was. I don't care about the Lakers, obviously. Like yeah. we're all tired of the Lakers. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I wanted to see what Minnesota was going to do. And I don't what can I don't know what they're gonna I don't know what they're gonna do. I don't know if they're a good team. I don't my gut tells me they're not. Yeah. And I hate all like the cliche stuff about Carl Anthony Towns, but it's really hard to ignore. I know. I, it was on full display the other night where you you kind of felt halfway through the game, okay, like Towns is really maybe he's gonna change this narrative. And then nope. He, he, well, he, he's he like, I don't understand how he's on. always in foul. How is he always in foul trouble? I don't understand. It's <laughs> people have told me I've, I've had basketball people tell me that he's just not strong, mm-hmm. but like the eye test would tell you that he's strong, but he's constantly getting, he's, I don't know. It's just why it's just wild what they, and then I feel bad for a team like this because it's a small market. Something yeah. I love. Yeah. Minnesota, a place that I actually like enjoys. It's cool. Um, I, I want to root for the Timberwolves. Uh, but then they and then they turned around and they gave up all those picks. And um, and now I just feel really bad. So I do want them to win because I just feel like they did such such stupid stuff <laughs> in order to get where they're at right now. Yeah, they're all and in. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And that I want them to do well. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just don't see it. Yeah. And that's that is sad. And now, you know, the Thunder have to go in and I don't know. Are they the underdogs, do you think? I think the I think they will be just because it's in Minnesota. That's um, it. Yeah. Well, I, how uh I don't remember how the season series went. So I, I believe it was three one in favor of the Timberwolves, which is not is kind of meaningless as we saw last night with the Pelicans. Well, yeah, I think that's a good that's a good thing. I would have and they also played them so early. So, like, the big that I think played the most minutes against the T-Wolves was Poku. So, they, right. they haven't seen this iteration of the Thunder yet. Right. And the kind of the truth behind the Timberwolves is that they haven't even found who they are throughout the season. And they lost Jaden McDaniels as he punched a wall and broke his hand. Yeah. Like, they, they don't even quite know who they are, which I think is an advantage. But they've also kind of defied expectations in ways. You know, they were horrible, like so bad yeah. that you thought that they were going to miss the play-in. And yeah. then they kind of put together the stretch of basketball. You're like, oh, wow, like they're actually, they're playing really well. I feel um, like they run hot hot and cold. Yeah, like yeah, I would exactly. constantly monitor the situation because, like I said, I didn't want them to do bad. It's not like I, I, I enjoy watching Towns if he's... I don't know. He's hard to watch. Yeah. Um, but I love Gobert. Edwards. I love watching Edwards. Gobert and yeah. Towns are just kind of like you kind of tolerate them, but like Edwards is like legitimately a fun player. Yeah, but I mean, he here's the other thing is he had such a bad game. He did the Los Angeles game, so you yeah. kind of have to worry about how he's going to be in yeah. the Thunder game. Yeah, I think he's going to be a madman. But is. I wonder how Lou Dort matches up with him too. That's a, that's like another interesting thing yeah. because they're they're two, they're both two football players yep. playing basketball. Yeah, I think it's a good matchup for him overall. I need to go and dive into the numbers, but I I think that it's just on its face, like a guy who likes to drive, a guy who likes to play physical, like Dort just like lives for that stuff. You right, know, you know, it's, it's like it's the slippery guys that 
he kind of struggles with. Well, he, I thought he, oh man, I thought he did such a good job on Ingram last night. Oh my gosh. He's got to be so exhausted today. <laughs> well, that, that, uh, that elbow. Yeah. They yeah. were talking about like Herb Jones. I didn't think he did remotely as good as like against, uh, SGA as like, I thought Dort did against Ingram. Yeah. I, I would agree in the second half. I think the, the first half they bothered him so much. Just well, just him getting yeah, but they, just getting him but, to the ball, but it was not just that Herb. was like a team that was a team scheme yeah. scheme. I didn't yeah. think that that was like I didn't think that was as much Herb Jones. I was I was like he's getting gassed up a little too much right now, hmm. like as he was bricking you know open three after open three. <laughs> um, I was yeah. just like, don't guard him, don't guard him. Yeah, and a lot of times but, they uh, didn't. Yeah, I know it was. I, oh god, they played. They 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 were just the the Thunder were um, they such a cliche word but like executed just so well yeah they did and, and for, you expect them but the, what's funny is you expect them to you just don't you don't expect teams to go on big runs against them past the uh past the first half mm-hmm. is kind of the way i like to think of it mm-hmm. yeah yeah i love the way they responded early too after they're down i think they're down nine you're like, okay, this could be a long night. Like they're going to get killed on the boards, but then they made some adjustments. They went to zone, and you know they really got into it. Um, okay, Nate, I need a prediction from you. Friday night, okay. who's winning? Thunder or Wolves? Don't make me do. I'm not going to do this because if I, I'm going to predict the Wolves. Okay. 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 This this works. This worked on the uh, last big preview I did. So yeah, I I it support did. this. I support this. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna predict the Wolves. Okay. Because uh, they're just. They're, they look like they've got their their stuff together really well. Um, so it's weird. Like Mike Conley, you would expect. I don't. It's they 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 look great. <laughs> oh man, Nate! Thanks so much for taking the time today. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you in Oklahoma City next week. That would just oh, be a man. delight. Tomorrow, I I was I have like plans, like important plans tomorrow, and I'm just straight up lying and saying I'm sick. Yeah, <laughs> you have to. It's just yep. it's, it's the NBA playing. Uh, Nate, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. See you next week. Maybe, probably Maybe. not. got my guy Sam Amick on the pod today. Uh, one of my favorite people I get to work with every week is Sam Amick. Such a, uh, a plugged in and smart observer of the game. Uh, really excited to have you on the show. Andrew, very happy to be here. Um, I know we're going to get into it. I think if you went back to October and told me that I would be joining your Thunder pod in mid-April <laughs> to talk about the Thunder being alive that's not something i anticipated so no. happy to be wrong yeah no I, I would have even like five weeks ago i would have said yeah there's no way i don't think, <laughs> I don't think that's happening um yeah they win this game last night uh any quick thoughts on the the Pelic- the win over the pelicans just fun to watch man like they as you know we've talked about it on the tampering pod like I'm such a late arriver to the Thunder, and I keep owning my early season reporting about how everybody expected them to to be in the Wembenyana sweepstakes. Yeah. And, and so I have no problem being wrong in this business. I'm wrong a lot. Somehow I keep staying employed. But like um, watching that, you know, them evolve to this and, and seeing, you know, just how deep and fun and defensive minded and versatile 
um and spirited i guess is a word that comes to mind i yeah. know that's very generic but like their energy is just great um you know lou dort uh, watching him you know try to lock up brandon ingram do a, a nice job watching him think he was back in that rockets bubble playoff series yeah. where yeah he was he scored a lot in yep. that game seven yeah he had 30 um, in that game yeah, like that was something else, and they talked about it on the broadcast. Like his evolution offensively, this guy couldn't hit the back, you know, the side of the backboard early on in his career, and now he's dropping threes and really, as you know, like sparking that start offensively. I thought that put the Pelicans on their heels. Yep. And defensively, he's so much fun to watch. And they kept talking about his conditioning and his stamina; just never stops, you yeah. know. And and Shea has a big third quarter um, there, you know, and you keep seeing the commentary on social media within the media of everybody finally waking up to the fact that it's like, holy smokes, like this group in a couple of years, you add Chet Holmgren, whoever else, um, you can really see how much of a problem they're going to be. Uh, and the word, you know, in the spirit of one of your other guests on this spot, the word fun on this pod, yeah. the, the word fun <laughs> comes to mind. I know you connected with, with uh, you know, Nate Reese, lead singer of, of fun. Uh, this team is fun. And, and I enjoyed watching that Pelicans game. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was a blast, certainly for Thunder fans. And I think win or lose last night, I think Thunder fans have to be really excited about the way that they played, uh, just because they're in it. You know, I think I think that's that's always kind of the fear in these playing games is that you know what happened to the Heat the other night is like your your team is gonna not be ready for the moment. And, yeah, you know whether they won or lost, you know the Thunder were ready for that moment. Um, so Friday night they played the Minnesota Timberwolves, who have had one of the weirdest weeks of any franchise. Um, they had to send one of their guys home. Uh, another very important piece punched a wall and is not going to be playing in this game. Um, somebody that would be defending Shea Gilgis Alexander is out. Right. Um, what defending are your him very well? What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on the Timberwolves? heading into this game Friday night? Hard to handicap. Um, you know, Rudy Gobert returns, and, and the obvious question is like, man, you talk about funky locker room dynamics. Yeah. You know, you just won this game without him. That's why I think I'm in the minority, but I actually thought they should not have suspended Rudy. Mm-hmm. I thought it, it set up a bunch of scenarios that were bad for their mojo and their culture. I know they feel like culturally they needed to send it you know, send a message that you can't do something like that. I would counter that, you know, not trying to be glib, but Kyle Anderson calling his teammate the B word on the bench, like you're going to get a response. Sure. So I actually think Kyle is partly responsible for this, largely responsible for this. But independent of all that, um, they showed some fight in that Lakers game. Now they blew it at the end, but Carl Anthony Towns has had some really good moments. Um, you know, Ant and his physical status is a major storyline going into this game our yep. john krasinski has reported on all the different ailments i feel like it's a knee and a wrist and a leg it's everything and, yep. and you could see that with how much he struggled um and for them to come as close as they did to beating the lakers you know with ant playing terribly uh it kind of speaks to how they do have i think a potency that it that could be a problem for the thunder and and you know could mean that okc drops this game we shall see um but I think vibes are big um, and a little bit like the Pelicans game. If OKC can find a way to punch him in the mouth early, like like how Lou kind of did with that offensive unexpected outburst early on, 
that type of thing would come in handy. Um, you know, I certainly, I, I was remiss to not mention Josh Giddy earlier mm-hmm. You're talking about a, almost a 30 point triple double. Yeah. Uh, and beyond the numbers like that, Josh Richardson moment where you show some grit, yep. um, and, and, you know, you're willing to, to mix it up because that's what you do in the playoffs or the play in, you know, this is essentially playoff basketball and the thunder showed that fight. So I think it, it should be a tight game. I haven't really slowed down to decide who I would pick in it, but, uh, you know, I for sure could see it going either way. Yeah, I think the the fascinating thing it, to me is just the how different their personnel is. You know, they've the the Wolves have these two giants, and the Thunder don't have one giant. Right, and they're gonna. I think the Wolves are gonna play big, and can the Thunder take advantage of that, or does that end up being detrimental to them? I I. Don't know the answer to that. The Thunder haven't played this team in a while. They, they played all their matchups early on in the season, and that iteration of the Thunder is was very different than this one. You know, they played Poku a lot. Trey Mann was a huge part of the rotation at the time, and both those guys are not currently in the rotation at all. And so I'm I'm so curious to see what this looks like because both teams are kind of coming at it from different angles. I mean, I think and. I talked to John Krasinski earlier today, and he said, you know, the the Wolves are still in search of their identity, you know, and they will put it together some nights, and then other nights they'll just fall completely apart. And so I, I think it's kind of a big mystery as to what this will even look like tomorrow night. Couldn't agree more. And I think the stuff you you mentioned highlighting the size discrepancy is, is fascinating because despite, you know, in the Pelicans game, Jonas Valanciunas looked like, you know, the – the dad who was out there playing ball with his kids yeah. early on, you yeah. know what I mean? Just getting every Without single board yep. and thunder players, you know, just kind of, kind of nipping in his heels and, and jumping as high as they possibly could, but they could not beat Jonas on the glass. Now they, you know, they, they throw him in pick and rolls. They, they try to small the hell out of him. And next thing you know, he's a minus six and, and he's got a nice stat line and had a very nice game, but they, but they prevail and they get through that. It looked for a minute, like it was going to be, you know, another one of those Jonas, I forget how many he, well, didn't he have 50 earlier, 40 this, this year? I mean, Jonas had a monster game. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's right. Yeah, but like, you know, they, they survived that. And the T-Wolves, you know, have got two of those guys. Now they would have had three with Nas Reed, but, but him being out is a blow for Minnesota. So yeah, the, the stylistic difference is going to be fun to watch. And then you get in the weeds a little bit here, but like, you know, Mark Dagnall and the coaching side, you know, uh, you know, versus Chris Finch, you know, who's going to make the right moves uh, in, in a game that is all or nothing. Yeah, this will only be the second game that we've seen of Mark Dagnall in a play, like playoff, play in, do or die moment. Last night, he was very good. Um, Are you proud of me, by the way? I got the name right because you, you know you, what? You taught me. You know what? It's just like the officials last night. I didn't even think about the officials because they were doing the right thing. You know, you just did the right thing. Didn't even think about it. I was insecure as I delivered it, but I, I felt like no, I you did. It was perfect. It was beautiful. <laughs> um, from your perspective, what what is the you know what's what are the thoughts on Mark and the job that he's done? Um, it's. I mean, I had him. Oh man, I can't believe I'm forgetting. He got Coach of the Year love from me. Um, I believe I had him third. Okay. Um, Mike Brown, Tom Thibodeau, and Mark Dagnall. And 
to me, it's, I mean, I'm just enjoying again, cause I'm late to this OKC party starting to, you know, learn about his style, learn about his disposition. He just seems to have a very steady presence with his team developmentally, you know, it, it all appearances are that he's had a wonderful impact on these young players. You see them getting better. You know, Jalen Williams, obviously in the running, going to get rookie of the year, love yep. um, the Santa Clara version. Um, so, you know, it's, it's like very quietly, at least until the end of the season, it just felt like a, a, a lunch pail type of job, like just a, a coach's coach who is connecting with these players and, and doing what OKC wanted to do at this stage for their franchise, you know, post Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, all of the above, you know, and getting their hands on a talented special player like Shea in that Clippers trade um, that then you've got to have a good caretaker of a group like that. And he certainly appears to be that guy. Now tell me and not to throw it back in your direction, mm-hmm. but I am in that stage of like enjoying learning more about Mark um, I, I was somehow not aware until recently of his history with Billy Donovan. And yeah. I'm assuming you have this kind of, you know, you're well-versed in this, that to me, that thread is fascinating, but, but what's the context there again? Yeah. So he was on his staff at Florida right? and I Presti just loved that program and was there all the time. Yeah. And so he actually hired Mark from Billy's staff um, while Billy was still at Florida. And so he came a year prior to the Thunder hiring Billy Donovan. Um, so they they called and gave him the the blue job, and he was the head coach of the Oklahoma City Blue. Um, but yeah, he hired him. Um, he was he's basically it's kind of crazy because Mark has had two head coaching gigs. He was like an he was like a graduate assistant at the University of Connecticut. Um, he had. Uh, he was an assistant at Holy Cross, and then he came down and worked for Billy at the University of Florida as an assistant, and then got hired. He's been the head coach of the Blue and the head coach of the Thunder. Those are his only two head coaching gigs, um, right? Which is kind of wild. I just love, you know, I remember when when Sam went and hired Billy Donovan. Now he was a massive name, obviously, yeah. at that point, and. And Billy, for me, and uh, I always thought back to the Orlando Magic job that that he almost took, and, yep. and and because when I was on the Kings beat back in the day, that had a ripple effect on Stan Van Gundy's um, coaching arc. He was going to take the Kings job, and then when Billy didn't do the Magic job, Stan went that direction. So, I I get it, you know Billy's big time name, but but still Sam and and the way that for the last two hires that he has kind of zigged when the rest of the NBA zags, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. I find interesting. Like you, there's this kind of uh, pattern within the league where I feel like every time there's a, an opening, we, we have the same four to eight names yep. that we say are in the mix. And it's kind of that NBA centric um, assistants who have paid their dues yep. or, you know, head coaches who are out of work, Kenny former Atkinson head coaches. was like one that just like yeah. into your brain. And it's you like Sam, everything. like you, yeah. you, and I, have, I remember I talked to Sam about this years ago, like all the time he spent in Florida and you're talking about like real time, like a lot of hotel time, mm. a lot of, you know, observing. And that's something he's incredibly good at is, is I think just being a fly on the wall and, and, and learning in, in an environment like that. And so to see him, I mean, he thought, very well of the job that Billy did, as you know, yep. uh, during his OKC time, and and to see it be so 
like at least outside looking in to see it be so seamless mm-hmm. to uh to stick with that kind of vibe and go with mark and have it go the way it's going i think is uh, is pretty impressive yeah i think the thunder certainly pride themselves in their player development but i th- i think the same goes for the way that they develop coaches assistant coaches obviously the head coach i mean you i mean i i would i would think that they're they would still say they're in development mode with Mark now. I mean, Mark's one of the youngest guys in the league with a head coaching position. I think he's the third youngest head coach. Um, so, yeah, I think that the whole development theme is just like rampant throughout that's the entire that, organization. You're saying it really well, Andrew. Like, that's what's different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, the truth is, here's a, I'll try this contrast. Like, the Kings are ecstatic this year because they got back in the playoffs. Yep. And they deserve a lot of credit. Mm-hmm. The Mike Brown hire, and, and this is the typical type of hire, it's more of a, a sentiment of, okay, we have a coaching vacancy. We have a problem, meaning we're not as good as we wanted to be. And and the objective of the coaching hire is to hire a fix-it man. Yeah, You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we have an issue, come fix it. Come plug the gap. The Thunder are more seemingly more holistic more long-term more cultural where you you kind of you buy low on people that you believe in but you are projecting uh, i think a lot more than your typical coaching hire and certainly in in degnell's case that is you know to the extreme but uh that's the part that i just think is kind of cool and different and unique and has them on a, a pretty good path all right sam Give me a prediction for Friday night. Who's going to win this game? We're in Minnesota. There's no Patrick Beverly anymore to jump on press row <laughs> if the Denver Wolves win. Um, which I'm not even hating, by the way, because I'm no. I'm it's great. It's great theater. Yeah, and I'm here. Yeah, I'm here for like the play in chaos. Yes, I don't care what people say. Like the Hawks. I know I'm not answering your question, and you got to go. But like the Hawks <laughs> beat the Heat. And the cameras after the game caught their owner, Tony Ressler, with their entire front office group, just high fives and sh- handshakes. And they're so happy. And again, I'm not hating. I think it's awesome because that's what do or die does. Yeah. And that is what the NBA wanted. And then it's kind of like you look up and it's just like, you know, hey, hey you get the Boston Celtics. Right. Have fun. You know, <laughs> right. um, but none of that matters. So yeah. in this game, I don't know, man. I'm going to go, I mean, and maybe I'm not pandering. It's, I'm going to go OKC. Okay. I mean, they they got, you know, they, they got a different attack. They they, they clearly have a vibe. Um, those guys don't appear to be ready to go home for mm-hmm. the summer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the Minnesota weirdness is enough for me not to trust them, especially with, you know, hey, welcome back, Rudy. Right. Um it makes it it's so all, unpredictable. It makes it makes the game really hard to handicap. I think you said that earlier. Like, and I think that's right. It's just like, what? Do you, like, what are we supposed to do with this Timberwolves right. squad? Like, I right. really don't. I really don't know because they've got tremendous talent. And if you want to, I know we can always lean on. It's a crutch, but it's a legitimate crutch. Is like, okay, who's got the better player? Like, yeah. if there's one guy, the Thunder have that guy, especially with Edwards being hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, if they're healthy. That's a conversation. Yeah. You know, Anthony's in the conversation with mm-hmm. Shea. Mm-hmm. Shea's been incredible. I mean, I, you know, I had him first team. But like they've got the best player. They've got the 
uh, again, the cohesion that is clearly not the case in Minnesota. Um, and again, they, they have the want to by all appearances. So I'll say thunder. Okay. Uh, go read Sam Amick at The Athletic and listen to the Tampering Podcast. Should be in your feed every Tuesday. Uh, thanks yes, so much. Sir. For, thanks so much for coming on, man. I heard they got a good producer. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> thanks, Sam. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate it. We've got Dane Moore here, Dane Moore Podcast, covering the Minnesota Timberwolves to give us a little perspective on what's going on in Minnesota. Dane, what's up, man? What's up? I'm excited, man. I'm down to Dort. Down to uh, Dort. <laughs> Yeah, we were just talking about before this. Like, this is uh, the, the Thunderer team. I'm, I'm interested by have been since since the beginning of the Dort days, the yep. the CP days. They've been they've been my like closet league pass team that I that I watch a lot. So it's kind of nice for me from like a prep whatever standpoint. Yeah. Like, no time to prep. I'm like, yeah, I know the difference between the Jalen Williams. You know? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the broadcast isn't educating you on which Jalen Williams is which? Dude, this is not that hard. I mean, I'm sure you guys talk about this all the time. J Dub, J Will. It's just, it's done. Yes. Let's just, just do that. It's yes. Not, it's not hard. If we could all agree to do that. It would make our lives. Uh, I, I would roll my eyes a lot less while watching yeah. every national broadcast. Um, so okay, so you're coming from practice. The thing I'm most curious about with the Wolves is the health of Anthony Edwards because he looked pretty hobbled against the Lakers what what's your feel on that situation I think it was a lot more uh fatigue and just kind of redlining uh than it was like a specific ailment okay. uh, he was like in the locker room in LA he had his knees all iced up and he had his like right hand wrapped in ice too I was like when, when he went down and just watching him play the last you know when he came back but like the last 10 minutes of the fourth quarter he was just so out of his like he just was not engaged whatsoever. And I thought you know, he landed on his head. I'm like to myself, I'm thinking, is that like a concussion or something? Yeah, right. Um, but but I think right, like just hitting that red line in terms of fatigue can kind of be the same thing as you know, not having having your head straight. So sure. That's where I think it's at. We asked him about it and he's a I don't make excuses. I just had a bad game. You know, yeah. he didn't he didn't go into it. He said his shoulder, like I guess he more landed on his shoulder than his neck or head. Okay. He said the shoulder's a little sore when pressed on it, but he said he's playing. Um Rudy Gobert is the one who Yeah, that is, was something that came from practice today. Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, uh well Finch was expectedly elusive because from the Thunder perspective, right? You gotta those the Wolves are two completely different teams. Yeah when they go double bigs versus single big, specifically if the single big is cat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so from a Thunder Dagnault standpoint, you want them to make two game plans because they are completely different. Yep. Uh, but then then we talked to Rudy, and Rudy said that he probably would not have played the the first plan game, even if he wasn't suspended. Uh, just seeing him moving around hmm. last week before the fight game, I mean – it was a classic case of really bad back spasms. Like he could not, it looked painful to bend over to put his shorts on, tie his shoes, all that. Mm. And it's still, at least what he said, it's still bothering him. Um, in he's getting better day by day, all that. I don't, I don't really get the sense that that was gamesmanship from him. I think it is bothering him to, to some extent, 
though I'd be pretty shocked if he didn't play in the game. Though, back, sure, I've had that before. Back spasms, like you know, I have compassion for that injury. Yeah. Like you, you can't do anything if your back can't is, yeah. is locked up like that. So he's not going to be a hundred percent. Carl is still not quite a hundred percent, but he's he's played really well the last four games. I mean, it's it's Jaden McDaniel's out, and it's not read out that are the. Yeah. The injuries we know and are going to hurt in this matchup. Uh, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll really miss Jaden on Shea for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What do you th- do? You think it'll be Ant then that guards Shea, or like how? Do, what direction do they go there? It'll be Ant end of quarters and in the fourth. I would guess. Yeah. That he'll he'll guard him. I think they'll probably put Conley on Shea uh, to to start and. Uh, they just kind of interchange a little, like literally Ant just decides at times, like, nope, I'm guarding the best player, even mm-hmm. when it's Jaden. Yeah. Um, so, but it's, it's not going to be the full game of, of Anton Shea at all. I, I don't even, Ant can't do that cardio wise and go be, you know, a 30 usage guy. He, he doesn't sure. have that. They don't want him to do that. So I think you'll get a lot of Conley on, on Shea and, Different looks too. Nikhil, his cousin, uh, yeah. will will play. Mm-hmm. Um, that that'll be the. I think that'll be the other guy you you mainly see on on Shea as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be. It'll be very interesting. The these two teams are so different in their approach and their personnel. Um, <laughs> I'm so in, I'm so intrigued by the matchup. I honestly don't even know how to think about it you know and some of that is like i don't know which wolves team is going to show up i think we know which thunder team is going to show up they just are kind of who they are yeah but the wolves like from night to night from week to week it's like i don't know like how how do you like how do you handicap it well even whenever they're at full strength like even back at the beginning of the season when both carl and rudy were playing it was really hard to like you know, you're just sitting there like, okay, who's going to guard who? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> there's just, there's never, from the Wolves' perspective, never a, oh yeah, this is the place that makes sense to put Carl Anthony Towns right. or D'Angelo Russell back then or Rudy. Like, the, the the Lakers game, I went in that Lakers game, like, I have no idea which Wolves player is going to guard which Lakers player, nor do I know which Lakers player is going to guard which Wolves player. Right, exactly. And they're, they're, they're funky in that way. And yeah. it kind of ends up being one of those things where they start one way and it changes through the course of the game that kind of to the shape point, like it'll evolve uh, over the course of the game. But I mean, it, it assuming Rudy's going to play, they'll stagger Rudy and cap, but you're, these guys are going to play close to 40 minutes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. High thirties. So you're going to get a lot of the double big look. And, and that's, that's where it starts for me from, like a strategy on the margins, four factors type of thing is what's the balance of the wolves going after the offensive glass yep. versus getting back on defense. And mm-hmm. maybe some of your, your listeners look and they're like, Oh, the wolves are a terrible offensive rebounding team, which they were, they were 26th in offensive rebounding for the season. But when cat and Gobert both play, Unsurprisingly, they're they're really strong in, in that way. They kind of, they have the offensive rebounding rate of a top four team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, just watching Valanciunas in that last game, I'm like, man, that looks like an opportunity. Yeah, for this Wolves team. But then I watched the Thunder get out in transition, and I've watched Cat and Rudy get blitzed in transition a lot. Yep, at, starting at the beginning of the season by the Thunder three times. Um, I don't know. I I think that's 
that's not like an in the weeds thing. It, it, it's going to be do the Wolves win the offensive rebounding battle or do the Thunder kill them in transition? It, that is a huge, huge factor to me in this. Yeah, I agree. It's a huge inflection point. And the Thunder had to switch to zone in the middle mm-hmm. of the first quarter last night <laughs> in order to kind of save the day. Because Wolves that- suck against zone. Hmm. I mean, I would, I would not, you're going to see it. I don't know if they'll start out that way, but you're going to see that certainly from the thunder, just because when it was one-on-one I mean, Valanciunas would just shove Jay will underneath <laughs> the rim. And then he was, he could just eat whatever he wanted. Yeah. And you know, I, I thought Jay will played really well last night. I thought he, he gave all that he could, but he, he guards cat. I think he guards. I think he, they stick him to Rudy. And I, I, I think that they give J dub, the the cat assignment so so then that's another big thing like that has historically been problematic like batum last year was awesome like that having a power forward on cat even this is pre-rudy right even when cat was the five you put like a batum on cat and you bring the double and that totally flummoxed cat in Mm -hmm. in the past but he honestly man since he's been back He's been passing really well out of doubles for the kind of like the first time in years. Yeah. So that's another inflection point I'm looking at too. Of obviously they're gonna if Cat gets position, they're gonna need to bring a double if J Dub's on him. Mm-hmm. And and what you know, how do the Thunder scramble out of? Because Cat will kick through that. He's or kick out of that. He's not gonna try and force force his way through it. Mm-hmm. So then it comes down to shooters around him. Um. I think that's interesting. Do they start Kyle Anderson and Torian Prince? I would play Torian Prince as, as much as you can when it's double bigs like that. Yeah. So you have another have another shooter there. But yeah, I mean, if it's single coverage, Cat will Cat will get it against J Dub. Yeah. Um, I think Brooklyn is a really good example. I, I was going to actually ask you this: Do you mm-hmm. think that Brooklyn is the most similar team to OKC? Who's acknowledging OKC is not like anybody else? Yeah, with just like all the wings that they yeah. have. I mean, probably so. They don't really have a Nick Claxton type of guy on so their the team. Wolves, so the Wolves played Brooklyn mm-hmm. last Tuesday, like 10 days ago. Yeah. Something like that. I don't even know what day it is. Um, but uh, <laughs> no. Brooklyn then pulled Claxton in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. and they just went with like a thundery type lineup, like no center. Mm-hmm. And what the Wolves did was they didn't, close with Gobert and they just had cat play the five and Gobert sat the last four or five minutes of the game. Yeah. And that worked really well. They played Brooklyn two weeks before that and lost when they left Gobert on the floor for, Mm. for the entirety of the game. Mm. So if this one's close and when you factor in Rudy's back, I don't think Rudy closes this game. Yeah. Um, Which is, I mean, I think it will be decently close and uh, that will be (laughs) if, if, if Rudy closes the game on the bench and the Wolves lose, that will be that will be bad imagery in Minnesota. Yeah, and the thing with pulling him off at the end of the game is like the Thunder's bread and butter is just touch paint. Like mm-hmm. get there, you know, yep. whether that's Giddy or J-Dub and certainly Shakeel Alexander, he's going to get there. And I think so- the I think they'll shred the wolves that way again to the Brooklyn example Dinwiddie just did that over and over again mm-hmm. it's that same thing it's like the it's the driving to eight feet like almost not even with the intention to shoot yeah just to get the defense to collapse and kick yep and then I think it'll come down to 
what are the shooters around, you know, around it's Shay who's initiating in that way. Mm-hmm. Dort, J Dub, whatever, uh, Giddy, you know, I know Giddy was making some shots in the last game, but mm-hmm. um, that that's going to be huge, I think, because that's going to be a 48 minutes type. That's going to be the Thunder's game plan the whole time, right? It's just yeah. touch the paint, kick out to shooters. How well do the Wolves scramble out? I mean, now if it's Cat, too, you got two big scrambling out to that. It could be really open looks for the Thunder. But even open looks, I don't. I'm not super confident in those sh- shooters for yeah. for the Thunder to to knock them down. Inflection point is maybe the, yeah. the key word of this. Yeah, but, uh, that that's a big inflection point too for me. Yeah, it's a big one. And I mean, the Thunder they had guys that typically don't make threes play pretty well in Gideon Dort, but they still shot poor from the Did from they? three last night, and so. It's uh, eleven for thirty-seven. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. I I think we remember all eleven of them because it was from <laughs> Dort and Giddy for the most part, and it's like, whoa, those guys are making shots, but just like nobody else did. You know, J Dub mm-hmm. had a couple corner threes that were just like just bare naked, just like he can just have right. it, and he missed. Um, yeah. Joe's got to play a lot. Isaiah Joe is going to be another one. He he hit one three last night, but. The way that, man, the, the Pelicans are just so pesky. They just have the, the right personnel to kind of mess with the Thunder um, mm. with their long, rangy wings. And that's where, like, McDaniels was going to be a big problem, you know, for the yeah. Thunder. It's like he provides, like, similar stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then without him, I mean, is, it, is the expectation Torian Prince be the guy Prince, to kind of step in? Prince is like that. Yeah. I mean, he's not, I'm not saying he's – but that peskiness sure. you're talking about, if if Jaden McDaniels is Herb Jones to the Pelicans example, you know, TP is like Trey Murphy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And Nikhil Alexander-Walker, I think that'll probably stick out to Thunder fans of like, oh, this guy's annoying, you know? Yeah. Um, and and he, was, he was great in the Lakers game. He's yeah. been like super up and down since he got here. But given that this team is more shorthanded, like he was the only reliable bench piece in the – uh, in the, in the Lakers matchup, yeah. you, you add Rudy back, you move Kyler TP uh, to the bench, so you'll have two. But that's another thing too is they Wolves don't the Wolves can't go deep on their bench right now. Yeah. Um. So that I think again, if I'm Dagnall, for obvious reasons, you're trying to get out and transition and run on them, mm-hmm. but also get get the Wolves tired. Yeah. Like the Thunder, the Thunder are in better shape than the Minnesota Timberwolves are. That's sure. just a fact, and the Wolves are significantly bigger and stronger that that's the other fact it mm-hmm. goes back like the rebounding and transition are like the stats we can look at for that but yeah. those identities kind of clashing um will be what speed or size what wins out i mean i know that's super distilled down but there, there's a whole list of ways in the game that that will will come to fruition for the wolves or it won't yeah yeah this is it's going to be such a fun matchup and i love the single elimination factor of it is just a blast um yeah i i can't wait um okay do you think that like yeah, the thunder ahead. feel confident yeah about being able to win this yeah yeah especially with the way that they looked post game like they didn't celebrate like they mm. had really done anything and That's i was cool. i was very curious to see what that looked like you know because they're so young they and- didn't get omarui out there and take a, a team photo <laughs> I mean, it's just, we did it. it's, yeah, it's, they, they looked like, okay, great. On to the next one. You know, and I was, 
I was very curious to see what they would look like because part of them is like they don't know enough to know what this moment should feel like. You know, they're not there yet, and they kind of acted like they did. So a couple guys, the 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 leaders though. I mean, Dort has played in the playoffs. Dort's been. Yeah, Shea's played in two playoff series. Yeah, I mean they they've they have been there before, not as the key guys. Mm. Um. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I most people picked the, that I spoke to picked the Pelicans to beat the Thunder just because of the lack of experience. And if you watched that game last night, I don't know that you yeah. could you couldn't tell that there was a lack of experience. You couldn't tell. I mean, you couldn't. If you were trying to like, hey, tell me how old that six eight Australian yeah. player is, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's they're like, oh, he's probably twenty five. You know, looks like he's like entering his prime. It's like, no, he's twenty years old, right? You know, and with the way he's performing, is I, it was astonishing to me. So yeah, I man, I I don't know, I I don't know how to think about them because last night they really showed something that was surprising, to be honest. But they've been a little from from you know I'm not watching every game, but they've been a little bit of a roller coaster the last the final ten games of yeah. the the regular season too. Where no doubt. I mean, I give them Dagnall specifically credit for like having an identity, which they absolutely have. Yeah, it's it though it is hit even though they play within their identity all the time, it's hit and miss. The mm-hmm. Wolves are hit and miss when they do play to their identity or don't play to their identity. There's sure. like a there's some some sort of a, a difference there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Wolves fans are probably hoping for that in experience or that, but yeah, no, I, I'm just thinking of it like, no, if you're the Wolves, like you got to play your game. You absolutely should beat this team. If mm-hmm. we're just looking at talent versus talent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, in, in a lot of ways, I mean, we we've said all year covering this team is yes, you had Rudy Gobert, you had Mike Conley, you had Kyle Anderson, some vets, but the Wolves play like, a youthful slash inexperienced slash immature team that mm-hmm. has been their identity much more than it has been having two bigs this year. Mm-hmm. And what, what is the level of maturity that the wolves are going to bring to the game? And I'd focus for 48 minutes. I mean, they just stall out. They just stall out at times. And then they have high highs too, where you're like, actually I could see them winning a couple games against Memphis or Denver or mm-hmm. whatever it might be. They're just, I thought that dur- I thought that during the Lakers game at points where I was like, "Wow, yeah, okay, yeah." No, they, they and they're like the the guys down the the Torian Princes, the Kyle Andersons, who are not again. If you're a Thunder fan, not the first names you're thinking of in this matchup. Like th- those dudes, those dudes don't see themselves as these like bit piece role players. Mm-hmm. Like they see themselves as big parts of that. They're not gonna like. I mean, Torian Prince is going to try and come out and like punk the young guys. Yeah, At, and and uh, like, how do how do the Thunder you know react to that? The Wolves are like in a weird way sneaky deep too, where I wasn't shocked that they came out and competed super shorthanded, competed with you know the Lakers team because a guy like Torian Prince goes from 15 minutes to, you know, I think I think he played like 40 in that game. Like mm-hmm. they they have guys who can kind of scale up in the, in that way. So you miss Nasri, you miss Jaden McDaniels. But they do, particularly with Rudy back, um, you, you can plug those holes in, in a way where you're not going to be like, this is an obvious issue that, that the Wolves have. I, I, don't think it, I don't think that is going to show up from a personnel standpoint, at least. Mm-hmm. Okay, Dane, 
Let's make make your pick. Who's going to win tomorrow? I, I I do I do think the Wolves will win. Um, I I think it is like the the identity and the trade itself are very much on the line here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and and you would hope that they realize that if they if they got to go home without playing in the playoffs at all this year that is that's going to be bad optics man yep. and and I think I think the players know that um in the locker room after the Lakers game they're all like we're straight like we're going to take care of business on Friday you know they didn't know who the the opponent was in that in in that way but they still view themselves as honestly, like a middle to top of the West team. And will they, you would hope if you're a Wolves fan that they actually put that into action on the floor. So yeah, I, I, I will, I'm more confident about the Wolves beating the Thunder than I would have been uh, against the Pelicans. And I do say that as somebody who's like, I will be watching every Thunder game if they make it. <laughs> I, I am intrigued and a borderline fan of, of Oklahoma City. Well, go listen to the Dane Moore NBA podcast. It's a very good show. It'll inform you on the Timberwolves and really a lot of other NBA stuff too. So go listen to that. Uh, Dane, thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, man. Uh, appreciate it. Um, I'm sure I'll be, uh, be texting you tomorrow as this yeah. crumbles or whatever the <laughs> hell happens, man. I, I don't know. I'm, I, if this season mercifully dies, um, part of me will be okay with that. <laughs> So we'll see. I'm, I'm hoping to cover a playoff series, but, yeah. uh, but we'll see what happens. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks, Dane. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. 
Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Well, it was only uh, a few short days ago that I talked to this man about uh, a game that happened last night. Uh, We talked about the Pelicans game a few days ago. Now we're going to talk about another game because the Thunder actually won the game against the Pelicans. Let's first just kind of do a debrief. Uh, Tyler Parker from The Ringer. Tyler, uh, walk me through some uh, thoughts, emotions, basketball feelings, (coughs) all of that. Buddy... Thank you for having me again. Um, yeah, I don't even know what to think, really. I Like, I'm still sort of in – I guess I just – I'm never going to question anything Lou Dort does ever again. Um, it's not allowed. Like, I don't – He was not he in was your top five of players that you trusted going into that not. game. He, yeah. he was He was not, and I, and I want to, you know, I want to issue a formal apology. <laughs> Him, he'll get something from you know with like a real letterhead later on down the line. But like, yeah, right now, my bad. I'm I'm so happy to be wrong on that. Like yeah. he's, I, it was so it was so kind of eerie how much it was like that. It wasn't like the the threes weren't as naked as they were in that game seven against Houston. Right. Like you know a, right. a a couple of those early ones from the corners in Houston were like, you know you could have said the alphabet between when he caught it and when he let it go, it felt like, and like it, it was not the same sort of way in this one. Exactly. But it was just like, he was just, he was just letting him go with so much confidence when he, when he hit the step back, I forget what quarter that even was, but yeah, when he took the step back at that point, I was just like, well, I guess that tonight's his not, I guess you just, it's just, you can't say anything to him. It was so silly. It was, um, it was, it was unbelievable. I mean, he's like, it says so much about that, like the, the, in the very, <laughs> in the, we have two sort of must win games to go off of in Lou Dort's career. And in both of them, he's just come out like a total banshee, just like completely game ready and everywhere. Like he just seems built for it. And so I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm delighted to have been so wrong. And uh, yeah, I'll just, I'll be fascinated to see. I imagine the Wolves will guard him kind of the same way. I think you I have think they'll to. be like if you, I I think they'll be like all right, well like, you know, you found lightning in a bottle this second time in your career or whatever, you know. Obviously he's had other good games. Mm-hmm. But I'm just in, in He hasn't scored that many the, points all season. Right. No, no, no. And 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 uh, I mean was way more composed going to the rim than you expected him to be even like there was just every, everything was, he was chasing better. It was so, it was so fun listening to um, Van Gundy talk about watching him just chase Brandon Ingram off of screens. And you could, you could hear in Van Gundy's voice, just like pure bliss in that moment. Just like this guy is just working, you know, and like to see him, to see him going so hard on both ends, it, it, there is something about those games where Lou does sort of catch a heater where it's like it's just energy everywhere. Yep. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it's just his hair's on fire. And, um, yeah, it's just like I, – I said with you before, but, yeah, it just it just feels like a special level of energy, just like a different kind of 
you know, different than just like a guy that hustles, right? Like, yeah. you know, it, 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 um, yeah, man, it just, the motor feels, feels special there, especially in the big, big moments. Um, but yeah, I imagine Minnesota will kind of guard him the same way. Um, but man, he seems, he just seems, he just seems like, um, he's not going to shy away from the moment. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And there's been other defensive specialists that the Thunder have had in the past that have gotten very, very small in very, very big moments, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's, and it's exciting that, that, that that's not, that that's not happening with, with Lou, but yeah, I mean, where do you go next? I mean, both Giddy and Shea were just phenomenal. Like it, 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 like some of the, some of the off the dribble stuff that Shay was doing in that third quarter was just total sorcery. Yeah. I like, um, you know, he had a couple finishes just sort of off of spins with the left, just like above the glass type of stuff yep. where, you know, it, when you get to the portion of the broadcast where like, you know, Mark Jackson can't really think of any of his little catchphrases to say. He just sort of like, this guy's so good. <laughs> like when you get to there, when you've sort of exhausted the, the you know, whatever the, you know, Woody from Toy Story pull string of yep. like Mark Jackson's <laughs> mama, there goes that man and hand right. down, man down, just like, you know, like pre-recorded jumbo that he's like doing, like mumbo jumbo. It's just like it – you know, he Shea does have that game where guys get kind of like whispery about it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like Kyrie kind of has that same sort of thing mm-hmm. where it's just like you 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 get your body through these tight spaces in such a odd and graceful way at the same time, and just the skill level on the finishes, just touch wise. I just think he's like. I think Shea's just like a freak of nature, honestly, when it comes to that sort of stuff, like the balance stuff. Obviously, everybody talks about the deceleration and everything like that, all of the like kind of just like body manipulation like that he can do to himself and defenders in the lane in these tight spaces is just magic. It doesn't make doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to see it on to see it on that level, you know, t- t- with all eyes on him and a defender like Herb who was having success on him early in the game, who mm-hmm. it seemed like, Oh, maybe the refs are going to let him kind of be pretty physical here. Like they were letting Dort get a little, they, it seemed like they kind of decided a little bit there like, okay, we're not going to call this just crazy tight. Right. Yeah. And, um, and Shay adjusted and they, you know, they started putting Giddy there in that little short roll area. And it's like, I, I can't, you know, think of too many players better in the league right now that I want with the ball in their hands, that kind of like a floater, a floater and in sort of range mm-hmm. attacking an imbalanced defense. That's, you know, scrambling to get to, you know, Joe didn't have a great game last night, but you got to guard him like a shooter and dub the same sort of way. So it's, it, it, um, yeah, the, the decision-making from Giddy and the, like, He's just really good finishing de- at, like at the rim now. He was. Great. I mean, the, like it. It's it's nothing fancy. It's so meat and potatoes most of the time when he gets down there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like maybe 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 getting there. It's not necessarily, but it's just like 
utilitarian once he's there and it's just with the right or the left off the glass and in and you just feel you just you feel him getting um stronger with the ball off the bounce now like he he doesn't really get knocked off of his spot once he starts getting downhill like if he gets this you know he's not gonna like burn you at the corners right or anything like that but like if he just he just got to get a shoulder. He's just huge. He's mm-hmm. just really big. And, but yeah, I think the, yeah, the, 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 the processing ability with him is obviously special on that stuff. People have talked about over and over again, but like the, the other aspect of his game mentally, like, you know, to go into that spot far and away, the biggest game you've ever been in and to just be, so poised yeah and to to not let yourself get rushed to shoot it as well as he did i mean you know it like not just the three threes but to only miss one free throw Mm -hmm. like it you know i mean and and just the you know it like i think that i don't think that i that i gave him enough credit for his rebounding. I think that part of me thought that, well, somebody's got to go grab him, not necessarily in the sort of like tanking scoring way that you think about it, but like, look, we're there. They're an undersized team playing small lineups throughout the year, you know, like Kenrich at the five nonsense, right? Like it's, he's, he's oftentimes the biggest thunder player out there despite starting at point guard so it stands yeah. to reason that he's going to grab a few but seeing him in that context last night going up and getting contested rebounds and in situations where like possessions had to get finished or else oh Valanciunas gosh. was just going to keep being a bear in there yep. and eating mm-hmm. like it you know it was it was either like he had to get down there and make stuff happen or else it was it, it it wasn't going to, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it, um, yeah, for him to be, for him to be so effective there was, uh, I just, I wasn't expect, I was, I wasn't expecting him to play bad. Like, he, you know, he's, he's kind of been, you know, ready for the moment. Anytime they've got into some sort of game where you felt like, oh, okay, maybe there's just a little bit more attention here, or maybe Shea's sitting, whatever yep. you see his performances at MSG, yeah, you see, he likes he likes the lights. He's not afraid, and so, and so it wasn't something where you're like, oh, like I, you know, I don't know, maybe he gets small here. But yeah, you just, I mean, you don't think you're gonna, <laughs> you don't think you're gonna watch eleven for two for twenty two, you know, uh, thirty ball. That's you know an assist away from a triple double. You just don't think you're gonna on the road yeah. in his first sort of you know postseason play. Like you just you're not really expecting expecting that and I, I forget if it was you or Alex I was seeing on Twitter today just talking about like kind of putting in context just how young he is compared to a lot of the other big time young guys in mm-hmm. the league like he's still a little baby yeah I mean, he's just a boy yeah and so to be to be doing this and to kind of look like he's not surprised by it like it would I, I it's the it's sort of there's there's a there's a there's a confidence you know, there's a Troy Boltonness to it, right? That's mm-hmm. like a, um, you know, it's not a, it's, it's a, it's, he's, he's very sure of himself. And, and it's, it's seeing it on that stage was like, there was something very like, um, like, oh, you're, 
Like, I, I think I just keep underrating him, maybe. I think yeah. he just keeps being a little bit more special than I realize. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's younger than Jordan Hawkins, who just won an NCAA championship. Is um, that true? I think that's true. That's wild. Yeah. Okay, that's – okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I've never – I've never want anyone to get hit in the nards. Like, I don't really want that for anybody. But what? But what it showed from him. What it showed from him was yeah, so great. The pointing, the cursing, all of it was just like okay, like he's ready. He's ready for the moment. Not only like playing basketball, but when somebody goes after him like that, it's like yeah, okay. Like I was just, it was cool to see that. I, I, it made me think of uh, Denzel talking to Lou, uh, Louis Lastic, where he's like, "If I, you know, if I got to be in school, I might as well hit some people while, yep. while I'm at it." Yep. Denzel's like, "All right, self-aware man, I like that." That was kind of what I thought of Giddy in that moment. Like, "All right, cool, you're self-aware. Like, you're not gonna get, you're not, you know, nobody's gonna be too sweet to you out of here." Yep. I get, I, I like it. You gotta, you know, but yeah, I mean, game-wise, it was just, and you could tell that with the announcers too. They're just like, "This kid is." good yeah like you know like it was it it, it, it uh yeah you know mark jackson was having a love affair last night with the thunder you could like it was you know i mean van gundy too but mark jackson with i mean he you know how he loves his backcourts right like oh, it just yeah. you could tell he would just really really loving how shea and and giddy were going so let's talk about the wolves the kind of the news out of practice today for minnesota is that and this is just like the most Rudy Gobert thing he could have possibly said <laughs> was that he, so he's had back spasms and he said, like, I still can't believe he said this. This is just like so ridiculous. This is uh, honestly, this is news to me because I've been, I've been working on something else. And so I haven't been looking at Twitter at, at all. And so this is, I'm not, I'm going to be hearing this for the first time. I'm very excited. So he kind of paraphrasing, I wouldn't have played in the game I was suspended for anyways because I had back spasms. So I'm not, not that it would really matter. He said he wouldn't have played anyway. <laughs> because he has these I back spasms. I don't even want to go to your stupid party. <laughs> right. Well, I just, I it could sounded not dumb believe. anyways. I don't even like dancing. Dancing's stupid. Oh, my gosh. What a, what a, what a little kid. Yeah. What a little kid. Yeah. That makes me feel like, man, I feel so bad for Wolves fans. I it know. Would su- Can you imagine having the amount of just promise that that team had at the end of last year and just like the ant of it all and how much fun he is. Yeah. You got Jaden McDaniels coming into his own this year. All it's so much stuff to look forward to, but you just got this cloud hanging over your head now with this guy. Yep. I couldn't believe he it. He said he wouldn't even. I, I I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have even played. He wouldn't have played because of the back spasms, anyways. So no worries. That's no problems I still here. Think that one of the. I still think that one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen a player do is what he did to to maybe to Kyle Anderson mm-hmm. in the whatever game that was last year when he basically like Kyle Anderson barely touched him and yes. he flailed around and yes. fell down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think like, I, I still think after fouling out, maybe I think in that exact same game, yeah. if I'm, if I remember right, I might be wrong, but that, that 
I, that was one of the most sort of telling, like, oh, you're not going to get better. Yeah. Like kind of, you're just, you're just this, you're just this annoying. You're this, you, you, you have, you're you have this unlikable. You're just going to kind of be this. You're not yeah. going to learn it. You're not going to learn, you know, anything. You're not going to get any better here when it comes to this sort of stuff. You're just going to kind of be insufferable. I can't believe he said he wasn't even going to play. Wasn't even going to play. Well, I hope he's feeling, I hope he's feeling better. Well, he is still having issues with the back. And so he's probably going to be listed as questionable for this game. So, um, oh, it sucks. That's interesting. That sucks to hear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, okay. What scares you the most about the Timberwolves? Um, I mean, I know he played awful last game, but Ant is still the scariest guy to me. I think maybe mm-hmm. even more so now just because he's I think he's going to be super duper motivated to yep. to show that that's not who he was. I mean, that's not who he was during the playoffs last year. He played very well yep. um against the Grizzlies in their first round series last year and generally I think kind of shows up to the moment and and is one of those guys who has a top end level that he can get to that is very scary and very different for, you know, from, from other just sort of like good scoring wings. Right. Like, I Mm -hmm. think he's got, like, I think he can get to that. You saw, you saw him get there whenever they, uh, whenever they beat the Pels to get into that seven, eight play in, um, doing it on both ends. Um, you know, amazing block on the column and then, and then coming down and scoring on the other end. I mean, he's just, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big amp fan and, and think that, um, think that he'll come back and, and play, play well. Um, Cat scares me because anybody that can shoot like that in a one game scenario is just kind of horrifying. I mean, I, I, yep. I you know, I don't, I, if he, if he does wind up getting disgruntled, I don't, as a Thunder, you know, fan, I don't want the Thunder to run out and try and trade for him or anything, but I, you know, recognize the potency, you know, offensively that he brings. I mean, you know, yeah, you have to. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he was there even as good as Conley played um, uh, against the Lakers, like Cat was still their leading scorer and that's, you know, dealing with foul trouble of his own making, of course, but still like it, you know, it, uh, um, he's, he's, those those two that 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 combination scares me and then like there are other dudes like i have such a soft spot in my heart for kyle anderson and Mm -hmm. how he plays and he's just i mean both teams were taking turns making as many mistakes as possible during (laughs) during their their playing game with the lakers near the end um and you know, uh, Kyle Anderson w- w- was <laughs> included in their number, but generally he's just a guy I really trust. And there's like a, there's a, there's a, um, uh, a funk to some of his playmaking uh, that, uh, and the Thunder aren't a big enough team. Like, you know, if they, if they want to play him at the four or whatever, you know, they're going to be able to do that. And I don't think have, you know, too much of a problem doing it. So um, it, it uh and I always think that his 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 skill set, you know, from that position is all 
can always be pretty pretty scary for another another team. I mean, Prince played so well, and it's clear they trust him. Um, he's he's you know probably you know five on 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 the list. Conley is scary because he's been in games like this before. He played so well, obviously against the Lakers, but it's just like, um, yeah, man. I mean, we've even if I hadn't seen that game, I mean, you just like. Thunder fans know, like he's just, he's just doesn't. He, very rarely is he going to beat, you know, himself. It's it, it uh, um, you know, there, he's going whoever he's, whoever's whoever's tasked with guarding him, and I don't know how they'll handle that, but you know, they need to not let him get going they need to stay attached there and and you know like it it when he sees some go in like he did uh the other night i think he gets to feeling like it's you know 2012 again and it and and he he gets the he gets the bounce in his legs that and that's that Mm -hmm. it was it's it's he's scary when he gets when he gets like that but they i mean you know similarly to the pels i mean they don't they don't hardly play you know they can't i mean they can't now, I mean, I, I guess you know, go bear questionable. Who knows what that does to, to the depth if he play if he plays. I, I don't I don't know what they'll. I mean, they put they put, Torian Prince in the starting lineup. I guess last game. I guess maybe he should he shift back, but, yeah. I mean, you know, Noel gave him some decent minutes. You know, but like you know, Alexander Walker was good. But like mm-hmm. they're not. I'm not those. They're, they're not. They're not bench guys that exactly like. Um, terrify me right yeah. you know like they Same. can they they, they uh, not that they're not capable but just like they're, they're, they're not you know um, uh, on the same level of, of, of some other bench guys around the league so it's not as not as doesn't register as much I guess mm-hmm. okay give me your prediction for tomorrow night Friday night <sighs> I mean, part of me just wants to guess the Wolves again just to not jinx the Thunder. Mm-hmm. But I kind of think the Thunder are going to win based off of watching just how they played last game. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. The Wolves just like, you know, I like I, I admire the the effort and the way they come back after the Gobert punch and McDaniel's breaking his hand and everything like that, just to win and get into that seven, eight play in. And, you know, they had chances to win and, 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 you know, like I think certainly could beat the thunder, but they're, I don't know. They just, they seem, I trust them less and less the more I watch them. I guess you know, yeah. especially in 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 um, in tight situations, and you know the Thunder have just seemed steadier there, and I think that they. I tr- I I trust the Thunder uh, defensively enough that I think that. Cat's not the type of big man necessarily that's going to be able to just beat them up like mm-hmm. JV did the other night because right. of their lack of size. Like he, that's just not how he plays. Um, you know, maybe if maybe if Gobert is able to give it a go, he comes out and he's rejuvenated and has some fifteen fifteen game or whatever. Um, but 
yeah, I don't know. I there, there's something about the way the Thunder are playing right now. Um, just uh, yeah, I think I'm I think I'm going with that. Okay, go read Tyler on the Ringer. You can uh, again. Wanna, let's plug your book one more time, just in case. One more time. Okay, yeah. gotcha. In case there are any, I'm sure there's. I'm, gonna give you, so I'm many actually going to give you a uh, another chance to plug your book. A little practice of plugging your book. I, I do need to. I do need to practice it. Yeah. Yeah. It's called A Little Blood and Dancing. It comes out two months in exactly two months from okay. today. It comes Great. out. Um, and uh, yeah, June 13th. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's called A Little Blood and Dancing. It's a novel. It's a. It's uh, it's about this girl who watches her dad get killed and then it follows her and then the guy that killed her dad. And then it, it basically goes from 1984 to 2010 and uh, it follows this dude and uh, uh, the woman that he marries and then it follows this uh, girl and you watch her grow up. And uh, yeah, that's kind of the thing. What a terrible, man, Andrew, I got to get better at talking about this book. You got to get, what a terrible you got to get some practice. You got to get some practice. Who's, who's going to star in the, uh, the movie? Who's, who's your, who's your lead? Well, I'm the, trying to movie? see, if, I'm trying to see if I can get Danny McBride. We'll see if that can happen, you know, but that, <laughs> I have no idea. The, it, uh, I don't know. I think I need to take like a, if there's like a master class or something I can take on how to promote your book, yeah. how to talk about a book, I, that would be great. I need to get in on that. It's probably a uh, host. It's uh, hosted by LeVar, LeVar Burton, I would guess, on how to promote your book. Yeah. I mean, I love talk. I would love to hear him talk about anything. You should yeah. also feel free to cut all of this entirely, since it's essentially me floundering in the, in, in you know increasingly. I actually think you need. I actually think you need to listen to this over again. I think I think I want to leave this out there just for you. It. I don't even. Did I even say the title of the book? <laughs> you it's did. called A Little Blood and Dancing. You did. You did. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be funny. <laughs> It, um, you know, comic western tragedy. I said yesterday, right? Didn't I say that? I <laughs> you don't did. know. You did. Lily, Lily Wachowski wrote The Matrix and directed The Matrix. She said she said it was good. So I, you know, <laughs> she's got a, she's go. got some good ideas, I think. And so I'd, I'd listen to her. There you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I got to get off here before I drown anymore. You know. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on. Go buy the book. And uh, go uh, read Tyler Parker on The Ringer. Thanks, Tyler. Always good. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel.
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 